In 1 Peter chapter 1, um, the setting is in a time of great trial. And so I'll quickly read, uh, but not do a lot of commenting on a few verses. Wherein you greatly rejoice, beginning in verse 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, for though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations or many different tests and trials, that the trial of your what? Faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, obviously, on those few verses, we could preach a sermon in itself. But I want to focus on uh, verse uh, 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of of your souls, receiving the end of your faith. So in your life, when you're in a test or in a trial, and obviously uh, we're in one, and I'm in the middle of one, uh, a major uh, test or trial, uh, but uh, in the middle of it, you want to see beyond what you see. You want to look beyond the present. You have to deal with the reality of the natural. You have to face the mountain, in other words. Faith is not denial that there is a mountain. Faith is acknowledgement there is a mountain, but believing that by your believing in your heart uh, that, and your speaking with your mouth and your faith in God, that the mountain will be removed. Hallelujah. That God is uh, more than a match from, for your mountain. I said God is more than a match for your mountain. So even though the mountain looks big and even though in the natural uh, you have great adversity or uh, great challenge, uh, you can know and be assured that there is an end to your faith. Now he says in this verse, receiving the end of your faith. Even the salvation of your souls. The end of your faith would be the manifestation of the promise of God fulfilled in your life. In other words, you lay hold of the promise of God. You believe the promise of God. And you acknowledge that promise. And you believe to receive that promise. And then when that promise is fulfilled in your life, that is the end of your faith. Are you with me? So you're always wanting to look beyond your present set of circumstances or your present trial, even though there are many temptations, tests, and trials in your life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. In this world you shall have, Jesus said, tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So... Though there are many trials, though there are many tests in your life, when you look to Jesus and look to the Word of God and look to the promise of God, you will come through the test and you'll get through the fire and you will not be burned and you will get through the waters and they will not overflow you. In other words, you're not going to drown in the waters and you're not going to die in the fire and you're not going to stop in the wilderness and you're not going to uh, die in the valley. 
although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So then in all of the cases of trial and tests, you got to look beyond what you see all around you, your environment, your setting, your situation, your circumstance, your challenge, though it may be great. You can look beyond it. Hallelujah. You can believe beyond it. And so he says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now let's go, if you will, to Mark 11. And we're going to look at Mark 11. We're going to just look at the essentials. Of faith, the new buzzword in our world, what's essential? And I can tell you. Faith is essential. To win over your test or to get through your trial, faith is essential. Hallelujah. And you know what you believe when you get hit hard. Hallelujah. So with God, all things are possible. So in Mark chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 24. All are important. The setting is important, we know. Uh, We, however, are going to focus on verse 24 at the moment. Verse 24, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Therefore, I say to you, God saying, Jesus saying. Now, if Jesus showed up at church today and said this to you, would you believe it? I mean, if Jesus appeared in the body or in the flesh in his glorified state and appeared to you and said that to you, would you believe it? But we don't have to have Jesus come show up in the flesh in in his glorified state in order to believe it because it's written. Amen. Amen. So he said, what things soever you desire. Jesus said this. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what you shall have them. Now, what is the end of this verse? You shall have them. That's the end of the verse. That's the end of the purpose of the verse. Jesus is not giving us words to frustrate us. Jesus is not giving us words to just dangle something in front of us, some false hope. Jesus doesn't speak his word uh, just to make us feel good for the moment and then leave us hanging in the end. No, Jesus said what he meant, meant what he said, and will do what he said and perform his word. Amen? So he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Having them is the manifestation point. That's the end of your faith. You actually got the manifestation. It showed up at your house. You know, we live in a world where Amazon can do your next day delivery. And people complain if it took two or three or four. You know, so uh, they want to do drones. But Jesus had drones before drones were even a thought in the mind of man. Jesus had angels before drones were uh, invented or even thought about. So heaven has a plan before man comes up with it. And heaven's plan is a better plan. 
I said, heaven's plan is a better plan. Heaven's plan is always uh, on, on a task and always in, in action when we have faith in God and trust in Him. All right, so then, God knows how to get His plan fulfilled in your life. You don't always know how God's going to do your miracle. You just have to believe He will. You don't have all the facts, and you don't have all the factors, and you don't have everything uh, planned out perfectly. You don't know all the factors of life, but you do know in whom you have believed, and you are to be persuaded that he's able to keep that which you've committed unto him against that day. And you're, you're to be persuaded that he is a performer and that he will perform his word in your life. Be persuaded that God will make his promise good. In other words, you will receive the end of your faith you will come to that having point you will come to that place where you get through the fire or through the flood or through the wilderness or through the valley of the shadow of death or you get through or you get from one side to the other side you get through the Red Sea. Or you, it's all in the Scripture over and over again where there was impossible things that were in front of them and impossible, impossibilities with man. But God made impossibilities possible because with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. With God all things are possible. And if all things are possible, we will dare to believe that God will do what he said because all things are possible to those who believe. Hallelujah. So we have Bible verses and Bible stories, and then we have life stories today. We have Hebrews 11 of all the heroes of faith that believed God. We have a story after story, testimony after testimony, current and in the Bible, praise God, of how God fulfills his promise. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. God is faithful to his word. God is not a man that he should lie. You can trust in God when you can't trust anything else. You can trust in God when nothing else satisfies, when nothing else will fulfill, when nothing else will bring to pass what you need and desire in your life. But God is faithful, and he will not lie, and he will perform his word, and God's word is true, and he'll make his promise good to you. So what things soever you desire when you pray. Now, desire is an important element. It is essential. Praise God. It is essential to faith. In other words, if you want your faith to receive the end of its faith, or if you want to receive the manifestation, desire is necessary. Strong desire. Now, obviously... I have a strong desire for my wife to be restored fully, 100%. Praise God. And that desire has not, will not wane. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit gives you desire, and then we have natural desire. In Brother Hagen's life, Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, young boy, 16 years of age, had an incurable blood disease, had a deformed heart, a paralyzed body. The doctors gave him no hope, pretty much told him, gave him up to die. His family told them, gave him up to die. There's really no hope, nothing we can do. 
The preachers, they gave him up to die. In a few more days, it'll all be over. You know, pretty much gave him up to die, so the preachers gave him up to die. The doctors gave him up to die. Family pretty much is going to die. What, is, what can we do? But something in his heart wanted to live. And so he said this by his own personal testimony when he was in the earth. He's in heaven, of course. But he said, the desire in the young is strong to live. Because they took him in, a, in an ambulance, just kind of like a, a, a wish, you know, and uh, trying to, like we have, make a wish foundation that gives last wishes to people. And uh, I just watched a movie recently about the person. It was a documentary about the It was actually a movie about that person uh, that started it. And uh, so it was a police officer. And uh, he died. And then this young boy, but he came back to life. And this young boy uh, was dying. And so in that, when that young boy dying of cancer died, he wanted to do something. And he did. He started a foundation. And it became so big he couldn't manage it. And it's a major foundation today that gives wishes. Well, this was back in Brother Hagin's day, and uh, they just wanted to give him something, get him out of the house. He's in a bed all the time, so they took him in the ambulance and just drove him through the town. So he could describe every building, every store. He knew who owned the store, you know, a little small town. And he would describe the store, and the store as he would pass by. He said he gripped the palms of his hands until they bled. In other words, there was a will to live. He said the desire in the young to live is strong. Unfortunately, we have in a, a generation of young people, and many of them don't even, even uh, have strong enough desire to live that they take their life. But in his case, he had a strong desire. Strong desire to live. And he said that he gripped his palms and squeezed his hands until his palms of his hands bled. In other words, he had a strong desire. So to live, you have to have a strong desire. To make it through the test, you have to have a strong desire. To pray the prayer of faith, you have to have a strong desire. I heard a message of John Osteen many, many years ago. And uh, he was preaching at camp meeting. John Osteen was a great preacher and a pastor. And he's Joel Osteen's father, of course. And uh, Pastor Osteen was preaching this message. And he said, his title of his message was, How big is your want to? How big is your want to? Thank you, Jesus. One of his last want to's was to give $7 million to missions. That was one of Pastor Osteen's last want-tos. He fulfilled it. Hallelujah. I mean, seven million in, in a short period of time. And so, uh, so he, they gave millions of dollars to, to missions as a church. Great missions church. And so, anyway, he said, how big is your want-to? 
So he told this story of his grandmother. His grandmother uh, dipped snuff. Anybody know what <laughs> dipping snuff is? I had, uh, <laughs> I had an uncle that dipped snuff. It's a very nasty habit, uh, in my opinion. If you dip, uh, God will deliver you. Hallelujah. So, so, and he had this little spittoon, and he would spit in it. That was nasty. And uh, so, anyway, so she would, uh, she dipped snuff. So her husband, he, uh, he told her, he said, honey, I'll give you $100 if you'll quit dipping snuff. Now, $100 back then was probably like 100000 today. And so, <laughs> I'll give you $100. <laughs> and uh, she never would quit. So he did that many times, trying to get her to quit. I mean, can you imagine a husband that had to kiss a wife? that had brown stuff leaking out of her mouth and settling in the cracks, you know. I mean, it's not motivating. Praise the Lord. So anyway, he wanted her to quit, but she never would quit all of his life. Finally, he died without his wife quitting dipping snow. And then she was 80 years old, but she wanted another husband. So she, what he said, she set her cap to get her a man. Now, I, I'm not so culturally enriched that I know exactly what that meant. Set her cap. I don't know exactly which way her cap was set, but she set her cap <laughs> to get her a man. And you know, she quit dipping snuff because she wanted a man bad enough. Too bad she wouldn't do that for her own husband, but now she wants another man, so she quits dipping snuff because she knows she's not, a, not quite able to get a man with brown stuff leaking out of her mouth. So, it, so, so she quit, stu- quit dipping snuff. Why? Because she had a desire. She had a desire, and a desire was strong enough to manage her flesh. So desire is a motivator. If you don't have strong desire, you're not likely to pray the prayer of faith and hang with it and stay with it until you get the end of your faith. So if the goal is the end, in other words, God wants us to get to the end of our faith. He doesn't want us to just pray and have prayer failures. He wants us to pray and have prayer successes. And so when you have experience in prayer, it gives hope. And hope uh, then, of course, for the next time around that God will do it again. Isn't that right? So that God is faithful to his word. So what things soever you desire when you pray, what? Believe that you receive them. So if you have strong enough desire, you will pray. And if you have strong enough desire, you will believe. And if you have strong enough desire, then you will stay with it until you get the end of your faith. You will actually have what you believe. Praise God. So we see that desire is an essential element to our faith and our prayer of faith. This is actually what we would call the prayer of faith here in Mark 11, 24. So the prayer of faith, you need to have a strong desire. All right, let's go to... Uh, Berkeley's translation of this verse. It says, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. Believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. Now notice the language of this verse. 
To some people, it may be confusing because they don't understand the principles of faith. But it says, believe that you receive them, or believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, other translations even bring it clear, clearer, and that's why I'm giving them to you. It says, believe that you have received it. You have already received it. Now, if you read many translations, they will render it just that way. I won't take the time to uh, read translation after translation uh, that, that bears that out. I'll just give you a few of them. But multiple, many translations will tell you that you are to believe that you have received them. When? When you pray. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them. And this is really... Most of the time where people miss this principle of faith and miss the prayer of faith, they are still believing they're going to receive them. There are natural things in progression, but you believe that you have received when you pray. So prayer, thank you Jesus. I mean the first thing I did when I got the call is began to take authority. That's the first thing I did when I got the call concerning my wife. Began to take authority. Now, I don't even know anything about what's going on. I only know it's a very bad accident. And I began to take authority. So that's what you got to do. Exercise your authority. Pray the prayer of faith. Now, I don't know all the particulars, but I'm taking authority exercising what based on what I do know. And so you exercise your authority based on what you do know, but when you get specifics, then you start being more specific. Now, he says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them, believe that you have received it, according to Berkeley, and it shall be yours. So now, shall be yours is future. Are you with me? So then there is a time frame between, in many cases, and most prayers of faith, there's going to be a time between the time you prayed the prayer of faith and the time you have the manifestation of your faith or your prayer of faith. So then what do you do in between? There's an in-between, so if there's an in-between, what am I going to do in this interim uh, time frame? What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to do what I, uh, I believe the verse says. I'm going to believe I have received. Believe that I have received and I shall have. Now, in order to get to shall have, I got to believe I have. It's not a contradiction. It is the way faith works. So then, believe that I have received it, and I shall have it, or it shall be yours. Now, William's translation says, Have faith that it has been granted to you. Have faith that it has been granted to you. And you will get it. Pretty simple. You know, some people, they want deep truth that nobody can understand. They want to mesmerize people. They want to feel like they are so knowledgeable. Some people become idiots trying to become so knowledgeable. <laughs> How did you pronounce that word? 
and they become have-nots because they try to uh, make the word so, so extremely mystical that no one can understand it. Jesus told Brother Hagen, he said, if it's complicated, they didn't get it from me. Now, if Jesus is talking to him, I mean, in a vision, he said, he basically was telling him to keep it simple because he said, if it's complicated, they didn't get it from me. If, if the truth that you know is complicated or, you know, so then you'll know they didn't get it from me. So God's word is more simple. The scripture says, don't be removed from the simplicity of the truth. Simplicity. So if everything in our lives is complicated, then we're not going to likely have success with it, right? Now, there are complicated situations, but the truth unravels all those complicated situations. I said the truth of God's Word simplifies life, and it unravels all the complicated things the devil tries to do in your life because God's Word is true. In other words, I don't have it all figured out. I want to have knowledge and understand things that I'm dealing with right now and with my wife. But I do know this. There is a simplicity to the Word of God. And her brain functions as it was designed and created by God to function. And that is my declaration because I believe that I have received. Until I see it, I believe I have received it. When I see other things, I say what I believe. Praise God. I know there's natural things to deal with, but my faith is in God who's able to change all of these things. Hallelujah. Because he's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the creator of all things. And he created her brain. And he created her body. And he knows what it needs to do to function. And I believe God is making things work right now. He created the body to heal itself as well. And I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit just makes it happen supernaturally. God puts his hand on the natural, and he puts his supernatural on the natural. And what is naturally going to happen, thank God, I believe God's supernatural makes things. Any curse is reversed. Any damage is reversed. Hallelujah. So what seems complicated becomes simplified when I believe God's Word. The eternal Word that is settled in heaven, settled in the earth, and the same goes for you in your life. It does not matter what you face in life. If you know in whom you have believed and you're persuaded that God is able, that God can get you through the storm, through the wilderness, through the fire, through the flood, through the circumstance, out of the lion's den, out of the fiery furnace, praise God. And the stories go on and on how God delivers in a time of trouble and impossibilities God raises up. Hallelujah. And in all of those cases, they believed God. So then, one translation says it very simply. Believe, Moffat says, believe you have got it. And you should have it. Believe you got it. So we'll make it even simpler. Right? Can't get much simpler than this. Believe you got it. And you'll get it. 
Believe you got it, and you'll get it. Believe you got it, and you'll get it. I believe I've got full mobility in my hand and in my arm and in my wrist. Still processing, still between the prayer of faith and actual full, complete manifestation. But I believe that I have received and I'm working with God and I'm working in the natural and I'm doing what I know in the natural, but I'm doing what I know in the spirit and declaring it every day over and over again what I believe I say. And you're going to have what you say. If you do what the Word says, that's what's going to happen, praise God. And it works for anybody, anytime, any place, anyone. The Word of God is no respecter of persons. It works for anybody the same. So God doesn't say, well, it's different for you if you're a preacher. (laughs) No. Like, uh, you might find out that you might have some greater challenges sometimes. Because the devil likes to attack leadership because he wants to take leadership out, smite the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But I'll tell you what, we're hanging together. Hallelujah. We're going together. We're going to fight this together. And we're going to fight, and we're going to win, and we're going to see the end of our faith, even the salvation of our souls. We're going to see the end of this thing with Pastor Vicki, 100% victory, praise God, 100% mobility, 100% brain function. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God can make it better than it was. Hallelujah, God can do things in our lives that make it better than it ever was. Say, how shall these things be? Well, I believe the Holy Ghost is coming upon her right now. And every day we're saying it. Hallelujah. People are praying the word, speaking the word, declaring the word. And while we're believing and praying and speaking, hallelujah, God is at work. And everything that has been damaged is reversed. And the curse is reversed. We say she is perfectly sound and that she will walk and she will leap and she will praise God. God, in other words, her body will move and her mouth will move in the temple, in this house, and she will speak the Word of God and declare it boldly, and she will tell of her testimony of the goodness of God and what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. He has reversed the curse, and we are in a place of having (laughs) the end of our faith. The end of our faith. It works for us just like it works for you. I have to apply it. I have to do it just like you have to do it. Everybody has the same thing. It's not like you have a special anointing to believe God. No, you believe God just because you believe God. Hallelujah. I have a special anointing to speak and to preach. I have a special anointing to pastor, but I don't have just a special anointing to live life. In other words, we all have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on us, in us, and with us, and the Spirit of God, hallelujah, can help you. In that sense, we have a special anointing. Hallelujah. Anybody can have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on them, and they can believe God, and they can trust God, and they can say what God says and agree with God. And when we agree with God, God agrees with us. And when we agree with God, God does what he said he would do. He's a performer of his word. He's going to make it true in our life experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.